Hey guys, just a quick one before today's episode. I just want to give a shout out to um, some athletes that competed this past weekend. Uh, Molly and Rebecca at NFM UK, who between the two of them um, grabbed six trophies, um, two of which were pro cards. Um, unbelievable result, ladies. Massively proud of you. And then another shout out to um, one of my clients, Chris, um, who it's our third season working together. His first outing in the male uh, categories, the men's, shall we say, um, after his uh, two successful junior seasons a couple of years ago, um, he ended up coming second in a class of 10, um, and he goes again this Sunday. By the time this podcast goes live, um, he will have already competed again, as will I, because I am currently sitting at five uh, five days out. Um, but anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you um, a well-known man, my complete strength teammate, and probably one of the leading, if not top, coaches in the UK, prep coaches in the UK, is the one and only Dan Welburn. How are we doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Um, thank you for coming on. Uh, I had a few requests. Um, I, I do some episodes on my own. Uh, I did a lot of guests at the start, the first 50. And then when I said, right, I'm going to guess back on, you were sort of top of the list. Uh, All right. <laughs> so excited about this, my man. And um, I feel that there, there's maybe some new followers to the podcast that maybe perhaps aren't, in, you know, have just got into bodybuilding that they don't know who you are. So what I'd love for you to do is give us a, a big introduction of who Dan Wilburn is, your history in the sort of sport itself as an athlete and a coach, right up to today. Yeah, okay. So um, I've been training since 2004, um, and then I got into, not seriously, just like everyone else, started going to the gym when I was young because I wanted bigger arms for the girls and whatnot. <laughs> and then uh, fell in love with that, ended up competing in 2008 with the now-extinct UKBFF, um, as there was the thing at the time. Um Competed with them, then moved straight over to NAB. I, didn't, I wasn't really a fan of the UKBFF off the bat, and then I moved to NABA straight away. Um, climbed through their ranks over a few years between 2009 and 14. Won their NABA universe um, when I was 27, I think, 28, something like that. Um, 10 pro with them, tore both my biceps off, um, got them reattached, um, spent a couple of years rehabbing on that. Um, and then I've done a couple of pro shows with them, I think one or two of the NABA pro universes. Done okay. Um, and then I moved to PCA in 2019 um, and got a pro did their pro am and then got a pro card with them uh, through that appearance. Um, and then yeah, that's about it. About to start prep for another show, um, which will be the PCA Universe in November. Um, probably going to be my last one. This one, then that'll be it for me. Oh, that'll be a sad day. Not for me. Fucking <laughs> eating all that chicken for the last 15 years. <laughs> Maybe yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm, th- I'm not. I'm not old in, in any respect, especially in bodybuilding. I'm only 35, but um, I've been walking around over 20 stone for the last 10 years, man. And I've got a little kid looking back at me now, and I'm just thinking, for what? Do you know what I mean? I need. To, I need to downsize and kind of look after myself. So there's more yeah. important things than being big. That's a that's an amazing perspective, man. And this is coming from someone that's a way to be a dad soon. That it's it's awesome to hear that. Um, because yeah, it gets older, you mate. It does. It's it's on always on your mind after that after the club. I think that that sort of want to always get as big as I humanly possibly can um, has sort of taken a back seat, and I've kind of went, you know, doing five thousand steps and being knackered, or walking up a hill and being out of breath. It's not fun. And how that can sounds you... like a lot of cardio to me. Getting up the yeah. stairs at some points has been bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, thinking I, I want to be able to. 
to chase around the wee man around the garden without, you know, needing to sit down. But yeah, often a tangent there, Matt. I love it. I think that anyone listening to that, you know, you, you just rattled off a list of achievements like there were nothing. You just went boom, 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 boom. I did okay. When when actually um, what you've achieved is is a lot more than what anyone really can say who, who is in the sport. So um, one thing that you maybe perhaps didn't mention was, you know, what it is that you do now and who you're mostly involved with in regards to competitors and whatnot. So could you give the listeners a, a bit of a brief description of, of kind of what you do now? Yeah, so I'm a coach now um, who specialises in figure and bikini, a little bit of wellness, but not not really too much. I've got one or two wellness clients, but um, more so figure within PCA, NABA, um, and the bikini categories as well. Um, I've been doing that for kind of the last... Um, the 2012 was the t- first time I put a girl on stage, um, not through choice, just through my mate asked me to do it, because I was prepping a few lads locally at the time, um, juniors and stuff and, and other like competitors you know what it was like sort of 10 years ago you just went to the local big guy or the local gym owner who used to compete or whatever yeah. and I was kind of the only one in our city competing because it's not like it is now there's probably 30 40 people in our my city competing now in Hull and by the time there was like maybe me and my training partner and that was it Yeah. so I was the guy that got called for prep so I helped a couple of lads out just with what I knew they did alright won the junior British and stuff like that and then kind of the local NABA stuff um, qualifiers and whatnot and then a pal in the gym just said his missus wanted to do it so I said well I'll have a crack looking back it was quite funny because I kind of just trained her like it would a guy really no yeah. real specific glute training or anything like that really um, bro split full bro split and just whatever I, we was eating I just kind of guessed that she'd have half of that and then just kind of went from there um, but she'd done alright it was the days where there was like 30 odd on stage in a figure category not like it is now where they're a bit more sparse because there's so many shows. In in NABA, you only compete within your area. You can't compete outside to certain postcodes. So everybody just piled into them shows. And it was basically you either get through to the British or you go over and that's it. That's the end of your season. Right. So that was how it was for them. She did all right. I think there was 30 odd of them and she come third or fourth. I think she come. So she was only 19 as well. So she did really well. Right. Um, and then the following year, uh, a local girl asked me to compete. She wanted to compete, she wanted to get into it. Um, and she went straight through, qualified at the qualifier, and then won the Nava British, um, which was a huge deal in in them days, like really big, because that's all it was. That that was it was that or nothing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she come through as like a first timer and just cleaned up and won that. So okay. then another girl asked me to see if she could get compete, and that I was the mother of my child now, by the way, still right. downstairs. Um, she won her show. And then it just kind of teetered on from there. I didn't go online or anything for a lot of years after that. There's a couple more local girls that started becoming more popular, done okay. Then the following year, I got some other girls who did really well. Um, and it just kind of built up like that. I only had like three, four, five at a time then. Um, and then moved into another year and then won like the Nava British and the Nava Universe and blah, blah, blah. And we was winning that. And that just took us all the way up to 2019 when I went online. Because um, I, I refused to go online for a lot of years just because I was liking doing it in the gym. And I'm not a very, like, as you've just found out, me trying to get onto this Zoom meeting. I'm not very good with, like, technology. I have no emails and, sh- and shit like this. So I just kind of was happy in my zone. And then a lot of girls started travelling over from all over, like, Yorkshire. And that's for me to prep them to see me in the gym every week. Um, and they all started doing well. We was winning all the big titles and stuff. Um, and then when Daphne was born, my daughter, um, we lost a wage after the 
what do you call it? The money you get after the sure. baby's born. Maternity, yeah. After that money ran out, we was down a wage. So uh, Michaela McDonald had been trying to twist my arm to go online for quite a bit. And a, a lot of other girls had like messaged me and stuff like that asking. So she bent my arm into doing it. Took a girl on from other barrow um, just to see if I could do it all right with the pictures and everything else, you know. Yeah. Uh, and she won. She won the overall and everything like that. So for the back end of that year, 2019, I took 10 on. And I just capped it at 10 just to kind of make sure I could still do I didn't want, I'm, I'm always worried about ruining my reputation. Do you know what I mean? So it takes so long to build up to get a decent reputation. I don't want to destroy it by just taking on whatever and this and that. So, and they all did all right. They won, some of them won overalls. They won the PCA Pro card there and and some of the other categories at the British, um, out of them 10 girls. And most of them was in the top six at the British as well. So yeah, it was pretty successful. Then obviously we went into 2020 and I started with another fresh little team. I thought, I'll just take 25 on and then just cap it at that. And then obviously everything closed down and everything got knackered and we'd spent the rest of the year trying to pick ourselves back up. Did, did some stuff at the end of the year. Now now obviously we're into 2021 now. Yeah, dude. And, and what I love is that you, you just summarised a journey that was over the span of a few years, but hearing how you sort of take pride in your, well, I try out first and I'd see if it worked and then I took on a little bit more and I tried it again. It, it, it's really the signs of a, of a, of a, not only a good coach, but a good businessman as well, making sure that you're putting the, the, the sort of needs and wants of your athletes first and not falling into that trap of let's go online and take on fucking 120 people and give it a shit service. You've went. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, no, you, I'm not, I'm not a money head. So if I was a money head, I'd probably be thinking like, well, I could get this amount and that amount and blah, blah, blah. But then your quality turns to shit. And then and then what are you from that point? So I'd rather, I get my buzz from doing, winning the shows and having, getting people to the best and, and looking like awesome. Do you know what I mean? That's where I get my kind of kicks from. So I'm not going to muddy that up. We're just trying to take a load of money and everything blowing up in my face. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And, you know, you, you've certainly now established yourself at the top of the the game, certainly within the UK industry of, you know, one of the leading female coaches out there. And I'm sure, you know, if I was to ask you your opinion on, is, is there anything that maybe perhaps you, you you see that frustrates you with some females that get coached in the industry? You know, I mentioned, you mentioned that, you know, back, uh, back when you started, you just trained her like a guy obviously that's very different now is that kind of something that you see a lot of or is there any, any other things that maybe perhaps you, you see that's common um everybody's got their own ways you know and i'm not too bothered about what everybody else is doing there's a little bit of stuff with like the drug things and that that girls get kind of told they need to do this and that when they don't and that kind of wrecks a few things that that gets on my tits probably more than anything else um because i sometimes have to pick up some of the damage from that when they'll say so and so had me doing this and that, and like it, it's just it's just not needed, you know. That gets on my tits, but that only gets on my tits because it damages them. Do you know what I mean? So that that's the reason that that annoys me. Um, but apart from that, I just let everyone get on with their own, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You're certainly a guy that stays within his own lane. It's, it, it seems. Yeah. Which... Stress yourself out thinking about what everybody else is up to. I couldn't care less. <laughs> you no, know, you took the words right in my mouth because. Social media, Instagram, um, for as much as it's good for business, I think it can be quite poisonous, um, especially maybe for for first time competitors. Do you do you talk to your athletes about you know any you know if they maybe are, are on social media and they're comparing themselves against other athletes, or are you very much just like you know 
stay off that. Don't compare. Sometimes bring them off if they're bending their own heads out. If they're bending their heads out, looking at this person and that person and blah, blah, blah. Um, which you know yourself, um, everybody looks better on Instagram, even your, like your own athletes, you know what I mean? Everybody's, nobody's posting a shit picture or video or bad angle or this and that. So you're, they're already on prep. They're already overanalyzing the shit out of everything on their own body and every everything's not what they want and blah, blah, blah. And then they start looking at somebody else's pictures like that and it, it just bombs them. And it's very rare that they end up getting beat by that person. We usually end up beating. And then somebody who you haven't even seen comes up and whoops you anyway, do you know what I mean? Because they've not been posting now. But um, yeah, I'll just sometimes, I mean, they don't always go for it nowadays because they're so kind of on social media, but I'll just tell them to come off. Just, just come off the damn thing. And then they start feeling a lot better. The body starts responding better a lot of the time and stuff like that. So just if they've got a job where they can just go dark um, and, and leave it until until next showtime, then then that's fantastic. But, I mean, a lot of the girls are coaches and PTs and they need social media, so it's, it's hard to bring them off, you know. Yeah, so I guess you were probably around, you were probably coaching and whatnot when social media wasn't quite as big, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because it only got real big about, 15 didn't it where it re- 15 16 where it like really took off to kind of similar yeah. to what it is now before that it was just like facebook posts and a bit of instagram but not really do you know what i mean and like you might see the odd picture of somebody here in there fucking hell when i remember going back to when i was doing like the nava british in like 2010 2011 and stuff like that there was now so we'd have there's a nava website and it'd get uploaded after the shows with some pictures of the winners but it won't tell you what class they were in and you'd go on and you'd be looking like thinking, well, is he is he going to be at the British woman? Like that, that's about as near as I got to that. <laughs> Brilliant, man. Such a such a different time. Would you say that you, I mean, if someone said, did you prefer that time versus now, what would your answer be? Um, they're both good in their own way, aren't they? Yeah. I'm not one to compare. I mean, I'm, you could, you, I mean, it's not a generation difference, but it's definitely I've lived. There's definitely a big change in the way things are between that period, um, and I, I was definitely sat on either side of them. So, um, but yeah, they were both just great in their own way. It's good now because like we slag off the way things are now and this and that. But I think if it was taken away from us, we'd be lost without it. You can just get anything at the snap of your fingers. You can speak to anybody, and obviously, so far as me linking up with clients and stuff like that, that I would have never had the privilege of working with good clients that are already competing and they're watching what you're doing and blah, 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 and, and what have you. Um, it's amazing for that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And to, to touch on one other thing you said, you mentioned about how sort of important it was for yourself to to see clients, you know, in the gym or, or one-to-one before you kind of went online. Um, having seen your, so, you know, some of your most recent success um, with your client, Georgie, uh, who looked incredible. You know, I remember watching her Instagram, she was, she was driving down to see a couple of times as the show got closer. How mm. how important do you feel that is to get a look at a client, you know, in person opposed to just photographs the closer they get to a show? I think it gives a massive benefit for definite. Massive benefit. So what I'll what I'll generally say to people is um, if you can, so I mean, not all of them can. I mean, Georgia drove up, God, six hours or something like that, bless her. Um, to see us, but she spent a couple of days, to be fair. Um, I'll usually say, come see me about eight weeks out, nine weeks out, somewhere on there, somewhere between seven and nine, and then come up to see me about two or three weeks out, just so everything's marrying up to what we're seeing, because sometimes it's slightly done, and the, the, and 
the small adjustments that we could make. Georgia coming to see me on them trips was massively, massively beneficial to her okay. from what I was seeing to when she was stood in front of me. Because in her instance, she looked so much bigger on a, on a picture and a video than she was in real life. So in that scenario, I'm thinking, fucking hell, she's going to end up in the next category here. Yeah. And then when she's come up to see us, it wasn't as quite dramatic as what it looked on a video. So that's that's an extreme example. That doesn't happen very often. But it's just good to get a grip of, of seeing what you're seeing in real life. I've got girls that look sharper on the videos, and then they come and see and they're not quite as sharp. Some girls that look a little bit softer, and then they come see and they look a little bit better. So nine times out of ten, it lands up. But it's just good to get a, a physical size of somebody's being in front of you um, so you know exactly where they're going to be, especially the first time. Because if they've not been on stage before, you've got nothing to go off. Because as you know yourself, someone stood there or on a photograph and then you stick them in a lano, it's not always the same thing. So the little bit of extra tweaks we could get and me messing about with opposing and stuff like that, because we spent a good few hours doing that while she was here, um, it all paid benefit. Um, when she came to compete, definitely. And I, I think that, you know, from an outside perspective and being a coach myself, I think your athletes probably massively appreciate your time and willingness to spend with them in person, going through their posing, whereas some other coaches, you know, won't go off their couch, you know, to reply to a WhatsApp, whereas... You That's know, my uh, downtime, that, going into the gym to see them. <laughs> okay. Because I, I don't like being stuck on, on my phone or on a computer or what have you. Um, it's not like my most chosen thing. So if I have some girls coming up, going and spending a bit of time in the gym, like what I used to, because I used to be in there all day, every day doing that, and they'd be travelling over, and I'd have one every hour, hour and a half seeing me. Um, so I, just, I, I enjoyed that, do you know what I mean? So yeah. going in the gym, doing a bit of training with them, having a bit of banter, going through the posing and, and what have you, um, I actually really enjoy that. So it's not a chore. Yeah, absolutely. But I just wanted to point out for any any newbies listening that maybe, you know, maybe are aspiring figure girls or whatnot, that not all coaches will do that. You know, I think that shows a high level of care, um, high level of service to your athletes. But also, you know, just speaking to you, dude, you can tell how how much of a humble guy you are, but how much you just enjoy coaching because all those little things, you, they, they're just, they seem second nature to you, that you just, that's kind of what you do. Whereas I think that perhaps in, in other people in the industry might be might see that as a bit of a ball ache or a bit frustrating or taking up their day. Um, so I just I just thought I'd point that out for anyone listening. It's maybe maybe on the fence about reaching out um, for for signing up for comp. I oh, know. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Not a problem. Um, now, one other thing I think that we, we were discussing before you, you came on call and something might know about is that you actually are a judge for um for bodybuilding shows as well do you want to maybe perhaps give the people a lowdown kind of how you got into that um how did i get into that so yeah so when the pca was formed in 2015 um ryan alexander who's obviously as we know is the owner and director of the pca along with warren um i had my own bodybuilding show at the time um so 2015 was when it was formed 2015, I put my own bodybuilding show on in Hull. So in that time, there'd been no bodybuilding show in Hull for about, I think it was about 17 or 18 years. And it used to be quite a popular thing. Yeah. And the local guy from the gym who was an older guy who owns the gym where I trained, he used to compete in it and all that in the 90s. And it was a big thing, yeah. And he was trying to, and I just won the Nabi Universe the previous year. So it was a good chance to kind of piggyback off of a bit of local credit or whatever to try and give it a push. Um, 
so I was trying to bend my arm and bend my arm. So the, the year after, I was like, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then, so we put one in 2015 and we packed the bastard. I couldn't believe how many people turned up. There was there was over a thousand people in the crowd, yes. and it was in a it was in a nightclub, man. It was a it was such a good day to be fair. It was so good, um, and we'd like a stage at the front. We had to have some extra stage built out because it wasn't really built for that. We had extra lighting put in and this and that, and everything set out. And there was no seats. Everyone was stood. It was standing. And the music, as you can imagine, was like nuts because it was a nightclub, yeah, at the university, at the local university, and it just kept filling up and filling up and filling up. To the point we was having to distract the fire marshal or whatever he's called, the safety man, because um, we're just too many people coming in. I think I think there was about 1,100 people there that day. It was absolutely nuts. There was only 65 competitors, <laughs> and it filled up. Anyway, so I'd put the pictures out on the internet of, like, the crowd um, and, how, and how big it was, and obviously Ryan setting up a federation. I didn't know Ryan from Adam then. I'd never, I'd never met him before, um, and I just got a message come through from him, um, about, I think it was about coming down to his new Saxon show or something like that. Um, and then when I got talking to him, he said, if I want to join my show into the Federation and this and that. And then it just sort of got kicked off from there. Do you want to try some judging? At that time, all the people were obviously accredited judges from different federations, NABRA and, Peace, um, NABRA and the UK BFF, while that was still mighty. Um, so I got sat down doing some um, like shadow judging to see if I was any good at it and all that. Um, and yeah, it turned out I was pretty good at it. So I passed all the tests with them inside the first year. Um, and then I ended up on the panel and I've kind of been on there ever since. Yeah, fantastic. So, you know, you'll know the criteria for what, you know, they're looking for in all the classes very, very well. And I'm sure that there's some, some new, some new. The bigger classes, I actually wrote them. Well, <laughs> what a better, what a better man to tell us. Yeah, I wrote, when they set up, I was doing the women's thing then, obviously. So they had me take care of the figure classes. So if we let's let's talk about figure first, then what if you know from that as soon as that athlete comes out, what are you looking for? Well, obviously they want to be within the criteria for a starter. So wherever that is, this and this is where all the topic of debate comes because people can't seem to wrap their head around why you've got you've got a gauge of criteria that might be like that. And just because you sat at either end of it doesn't mean to say you're any better than the other. It's just on how you look, right? So people will be sat on this end, say, like conditioning, yeah? And then they'll get beat by someone who's over here who's a little bit softer because they've got a better shape, better balance, nicer appearance, nicer presentation, because it's not just judged on who's the leanest. Like, that's really helpful within bodybuilding. It's just judged on who looks the best. So you might have somebody come first who's firm and soft you might have someone come second who's ripped you might have someone come third who's ripped fourth a little bit softer and people are like blowing the nut because they can't understand well i don't understand it she won and she was soft and last week i was at another show and the girl that was ripped won and they just, they just it just melts their heads so i think that's where um, a lot of people seem to fall down with understanding it but yeah it's just that overall shape obviously they want the taper they want it to be nice and round in the glutes delts little taper on the back not too much muscle um, nice skin tone, nice appearance, good posing. Posing's everything, do you know what I mean? I've seen girls who should have won shows come out in fifth because they can't present what they're doing properly, so I can't emphasise how important that is. Obviously, I, I work very closely with Michaela McDonald for, for my clients generally because she, she's very good at it, and we work, we're good friends. We've been friends for years, so we work well together with my clients, so she'll do a lot of that. But I can't 
um, emphasise how important that is to people. That's something that's some people seem to do all that prep and then lack. But yeah, it's just it's the same as bodybuilding in the way that you'll know when when they all walk out. If you know what you're looking at, you know who looks best. And you can't always put into words sometimes why they look best. They've just got the best shape. They've got the best charisma. They've got the best stage appearance. And somebody might be a little bit more muscular, a little bit leaner, a little bit more developed, a little bit this, a little bit that. And they still don't look as good as that person. So it's just, but figure especially is one of them because you're not getting edged out on conditioning if they haven't got a better shape. It's just just not going to happen. So the way I prep my clients and I have said this on Instagram posts before, for figure especially, and bikini as well, but figure probably more so, um, I prep them to the way they look the best. Okay. So some girls are going to look better, a little bit rounder and fuller. Some girls won't benefit from that. They're going to need to be a little bit sharper to make their physique stand out. So the main job that I have is figuring out how they look best and then presenting that on stage. So whatever that might be. Because you might look across some of my clients and think, well, they're all, say, toned figure, for example. They're all doing toned figure. Why Why is she, like, not as lean as that one? Why has he got that one leaner? Why does this one look a bit so-and-so, so-and-so, blah, 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 blah? Because my job is to figure out how they look best and then put that on the stage, and that's going to do them the most justice when they get judged. So that's, that's how I do it. So it's just having a little bit of an eye for that. And you don't always know that on maybe the first prep, but you can get a good idea by how far you're taking somebody. Um, and then when they kind of get to where you think if they come and get a little bit too far in, they're going to look worse. And I'll usually back off from that point. And you know what? I think if I put my, if I take myself back a few years ago when I didn't know anything about the likes of a criteria or whatnot, and I would see, as you just said, someone who comes first be softer and someone comes second a bit harder. I would be kind of perplexed and, and not really sure why, but how you've just broken it down for that criteria, but also what you do for your athletes, I think to someone that's that's maybe perhaps new to the sport should give them a very good understanding as to why, because I feel that maybe the figure class is maybe the most un- misunderstood Definitely, yeah. You know, class went... went 100%, yeah. In newbies. People so, like you say, perplexed by it. Well, that's 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 the key to it, giving all my secrets away now. Yeah, now, would you, would you, is that like you mentioned there about, you know, one show, some people are like, oh, but she was harder than the next show. Oh, but she, is that like a pet peeve of yours? Because maybe perhaps, it's maybe not a, it's maybe a lack of education, I suppose, on the person's part for not knowing that actually, well, it's about the shape and how the best athletes. So is that a pet peeve when... You know, if people go out on socials or whatever and try and say this, that next thing, no? No, still one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not taking a trophy away with a status. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used, it used to be a lot more common than it is now where people used to go on and be like, rah, 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 them judges don't know what they're doing, blah, 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 and all that. But that was more other federation. I think since the PCA come along with a fresh set of judges who were quite young, you'll very, very rarely see a decision that's like off. And even if you think it is off, you can still kind of understand why it's gone the way it's gone. Um, that used to happen a lot more so with NABA, when some of the judging used to be like all over the place at times, especially with the women. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, st- you still see it now, but I think people aren't as vocal about complaining about results on social media anymore, I think, because they just realise how embarrassing it is. And it kind of, it kind of stopped a few years ago a little bit. Thank God, because 
it just drained my soul seeing, seeing it all. I just scrolled past it. Yeah. But yeah, it, it doesn't bother me what people are saying because if you win, you win. If you come second, you come second. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. One of my pet peeves is when someone will perhaps take, it's not a pet peeve, it's just annoying. Someone takes a photo with an iPhone and oh, yeah, that game, yeah. a certain shot and says, oh, well, she's better than her, he's better than him. And I go, yeah. were you there? And they say, no, but I've seen this photo. I go, then shut up. You know what, pal? I think sometimes, even if you're there and you're six rows back, since going onto the judges' table six years ago, and I now see what the judges see, even sitting five or six rows back, you don't see. It's a totally different ball game on that front table, the things that you see. Um, and so I don't pay that much. Even if I'm sat in an audience watching something, I think something's a bit off. I don't I don't bat much of an eyelid because I think they. I can't see what they're seeing up front. Honestly, it's so different when you get on that front table. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and this is quite refreshing for me as well because I, I don't think I've ever heard that perspective on a podcast or even from a uh, from a judge. You might actually be the first judge I've had on the podcast in 100, <laughs> 101 episodes. So there we go. Boom. We've got, we've got something. But um, no, I suppose, yeah, from a from an athlete and a coaching perspective, I, I've never heard that, you know, and you're quite right because it shows when I've got an athlete there, I'm kind of peering from this angle. I'm, you know, I'm in the middle. I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to see. Um, when... yeah, it is different. I, I was surprised when I got on the table. I was, I was, I was like, damn, Jesus, it is different. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that as well, um, the fact that you guys are sort of down a little bit and athletes are up, do you think, you know, that gives, does that give a whole other illusion to the look as well? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing I bear in mind. Um, this is a good one, a good thing about being able to sit on the front table. I know what we see and how we see it. So I'll bear that a lot in mind when I'm giving posing advice and advice on this and advice on that. Just little inside tricks to how to move and stuff like this that you won't often get that perspective from. Obviously, I've got that perspective, so I can give them it. Um, and it does help just which way to lean and which way to stand and this and that, you know what I mean? I think it's at this point, if you had an, an e-book, you could certainly plug it of Dan's top tips. For <laughs> I prefer to keep most of them to myself. <laughs> Otherwise, there might be people replicating. I'm, I'm sure that would be a, a, a big seller if you ever were to put it together. But anyway, so we, we've spoken about the, the figure class. Now, you mentioned that you, you train just a couple of wellness girls. Is that kind of just through choice or do you think it's because it's a new, new-ish sort of category? Do you see it developing over the years, getting, you know, there may, you know what, there's maybe a listener out there that has no idea what wellness is. Do you want to just start with what that is? And then yeah, so if anyone is watching it and thinking about asking me, it's it's not something I'm looking to take much more of on, to be honest. Um, I've got a, I've got a small handful. The first one I took on was Ellis Sharp. I don't know if I'm sure you know, she's Dan McNabb's missus. Yeah. Um, and he kind of twisted my hand into taking her on because I was unsure. I didn't, I didn't want to take something on that I was not doing all the time. Do you know what I mean? And like... I would have rather not, but he kind of he kind of said blah 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 and this and that. So I agreed to talk on, and she did well. She won she won the show, um, she won both categories, and then I think she was one point off the overall as well. So she did well. Um, and then I've took a couple of on that I've, I've been all right with since then, but it's it's not something I'm looking to venture into completely. Okay, that's fair play. So it's mostly just the the sort of figure and bikini, or would you say it's more just more just figure? It's a, a combination. Of figure and bikini, yeah, figure. Ton figure, athletic figure, bikini and trend bikini is where is where most of my work lies. So you mentioned about obviously you wrote the criteria for the the figure. What about 
the the bikini would you say if, if you know as soon as those girls come out would you say that the how you judge is maybe going to be different i'm sure it is but for those that don't know much about judging is that different from how you look at a figure class the look that they they want etc yeah well they're obviously slightly different the main difference between figure and bikini is just the way their body grows they all train this this is what they said should i train different this and train different for that not loads different no you're still training as hard as you can you're still doing all the compounds you're still doing everything the figure girls have just got that bigger, rounder, fuller look and more taper and all the rest of it. And the legs are thicker and their backs are kind of thicker. Bikini girls are more like your classic, like, um, I don't know how to explain it without sounding, just like a generally thinner person, do you know what I mean? And then they grow and then they're just not quite as thick as they are. And then they end up doing bikini. So you get a few hybrids that can fall in between both if they change the posing. Um, but generally, it's just how their bodies grow. So, um Again, they're within the criteria. I know I'm aware that the PCA is a lot leaner of a look generally um, and a little bit more muscular than the other federations, which, to be fair, we like. Because, um, I don't know, it should look like the trend, shouldn't they? So that's, it's a, if you look back five, six years ago, um, a girl off the street could have won a bikini category, in a sense. Right. Um, not directly trained for it. If you Not a girl off the street, that sound, that's offensive, but... Um, someone who didn't directly train for that specific reason yeah. um, and just had a quite nice toned body uh, could be able to win a bikini competition. But it's all different now. They're more muscular, a little bit rounder in the delts, a little bit harder. Um, PCA girls obviously show the back and some of the other federations, they don't want to see the back, they cover it up with the hair and what have you. Um, so yeah, it's I quite like our, um, our bikini classes to be honest. Any any preference when it comes to judging or coaching bikini or figure? You enjoy them both equally? No, I like them both. I'm known for figure. I'm definitely known for figure. People say that. I get messages saying, of bikini girls saying, do, do you do any bikini as well? Or is it just figure? Because they've had just figure. But yeah, I've, I've won the British titles with bikini girls as well. Superb, my man. So if we were to to talk about, let's say, your your biggest piece of advice to any sort of female um, aspiring competitors out, out there, you know, what would that be and why? Biggest piece of advice. You know, where should they start? Where should they begin? What, what should they not, you know, what should they not do wrong at the start um, or, or anything at all? If there were sort of three, three pieces of advice, what would number one be? Definitely should have read the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would have had some for this one. I think if you, if you wanted to start off, and you're just starting training, just engulf yourself in everything that's going on for starters. Because I get a lot of messages um, that'll say, like, I want to do my first show, but um, I need teaching everything. And my reply is always, like, I'm not I'm not a mentor. Do you know what I mean? I'm not – some people are mentors. Fair enough, crack, crack on there. But I'm not a mentor. I'm a coach. So if you want to if you wanna come to me and, and crack on, then you're going to have to have – engulfed yourself a little bit into the situation. Do you know what I mean? Follow all the other people that compete. Go watch some shows. Read some stuff on the internet. Learn some stuff. Don't just expect a coach to um, show you and teach you absolutely everything that you should, you're should. you meant to have an interest in. I would never go to a football coach having never kicked a football or been to a football match and asked if I can join his team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would have played some Sunday league for a little bit first or well, not to the league, that is the team, but I would have kicked about on the park with my mates for a few months before yeah. I'd look at joining a football team, you know. Mm -hmm. So the more aware you are of everything that's going on, 
And the more aware you are of how everything works and what people are eating and how they're training, um, then you're going to get on a hell of a lot better than you would if you just expect somebody to show you everything and teach you everything from scratch. Because that's that's not our job. Our job is just to tell you what to eat, tell you how to train, make you look the way you need to compete. The rest of it needs to be on you. So that would be a good bit of advice for somebody who's starting off. Okay. Um, so we if said- you are choosing a coach, do your research, do your research, ask about. Don't just ask the coach for information because they're only going to give you what you want to hear anyways. Um, go to the clients. They'll all be, they'll be plastered all over their um, grid. Go have a look down, message a few of them. Go even further back, message their ex-clients, see why they left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do some research and do your own work. Because otherwise, don't be shocked if you get like bad information and bad result if you just walk into the first thing you see. Yeah. Um, that, that's on you as much as it is everybody else. So make sure that's done because um, there is there is some bad people out there who don't particularly know what they're doing so much. Um, and when it comes to food and training, that that can be that can be quite detrimental to your health. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think we've so, got we've got two pieces there. We've got the engulf yourself in the and everything you're doing, and then the find a coach, do research. What would a third piece of advice be? Uh, just enjoy yourself, man. Would I mean the chances are not. 99.9% of us are never making the Olympia. And even if you don't make the Olympia, you're not making no money from it. The people who are watching you on social media don't really actually like you. They're just pretending. So nobody gives a shit about you. So whatever you're doing, just enjoy it. Because you should be doing it for you at the end of the day. Fair enough, stick your stuff on social media, get the likes and all this and that, and, and, and enjoy that. But um, don't forget your family. Don't forget all the people that you're pushing away while you're trying to chase what you're trying to chase, yeah. which is just a plastic trophy at the end of the day. Um, and just, just do it because you enjoy it and, and remember that it's your choice. I'm, I'm so glad that you said that last comment because I did that in my first prep. Pushed, We've all done it. Yeah. That's why we know. Yeah. P- pushed everyone away. And I kind of, I talk about it a lot on podcasts or in articles and stuff and try and tell people, you know, don't do what I done because it was silly and it took a, Took a while to try and build those relationships back up um, post prep for when you look back, you go, just a trophy, just, you know, stand, yeah, there, stand uh, there in a thong, you know. But um, hey, I suppose it is what it is. And um, anyway, just to try and wrap things up, what I always like to do is, is, on this podcast is ask, ask uh, guests. Um, this can be bodybuilding related or not bodybuilding related, but I always think it's an interesting question. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the biggest lesson in life that you have maybe maybe learned and you know any advice you would give anyone listening out there from that lesson biggest lesson that I've learned in life um yeah it's just life's I know it sounds quite sounds quite morbid doesn't it but life's only temporary so everything that we're doing and people leave us all the time um, as we find out within our family and everything like that so it's strange, isn't it? Because I'm only in my thirties, and I've only just started paying a bit of attention to this. I'm not in my forties or fifties when like death's creeping up on me or anything like that. But you seem to get out of your twenties, and you start realizing a few people start dying, some of your family starts leaving, and stuff like that. So everything that we're doing, we just need to enjoy the shit out of it, because <laughs> one day we'll all be dead. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's about it, really. So that's that's something that I've realized over the last few years. To be fair, um, don't take nothing for granted ever. Um, and just enjoy the show of everything you actually do. 
Love it, dude. You're such a such a laid back, cool guy. It's awesome. <laughs> now, what I'd love to do, if there's someone out there who's listened to this and you know they want to find out a bit more information about your coaching services, they want to get in touch with you. Um, do you want to just drop that information here now? Um, yeah, just my Instagram, Dan Wellburn on Instagram. Just my name, nothing else. And it'll come up. Fantastic. Well, listen, I just want to say a massive thank you from myself, everyone here at Give It the Beans, Vito Physique for coming on. Um, you know, this was this was sought out by the listeners. Um, and <laughs> you're you're a busy man and I really, really value your time. So thank you for that. No problem at all, pal. Thank you very much. Superb, my man. I think that anyone out there listening, I think I speak for Dan and myself when I say wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.